Hallelujah. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's so good to be here today. I don't know exactly where we're at, but we made it. Thank you, Jesus. I know who's going to make it in the rapture first. Those in the high elevations. Amen. And what a blessing to be with Pastor Thorson. And uh, I guess I don't get to preach too long today. You got a potluck back there. All right. Well, we greet you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are missionaries to Latin America and also a bunch of other countries that don't speak any Latin language. But uh, we are now based in the nation of Panama, being that it is central to the Americas. And uh, a missionary evangelist, as the pastor indicated, goes to a lot of countries. And so I was telling one pastor, I said, brother, it's a pretty good deal. You could take us on as a partner and you get 45 countries. <laughs> Amen. And so, but I got great news. We just got word from headquarters we we have been given I am global, which means we don't need any more partners. So, but we're raising our funds, amen, for projects. And so we're, this is our, our last service here in California. Then we got to go to a couple, couple other states and then Canada. They're sending us to Canada in the heart of the winter, brother. And we're from San Diego. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And then we go to the tropics. So <laughs> you pray for the missionaries. But uh, we're going to start this presentation. Lord willing, we'll get, get through it all. If the Holy Ghost takes over, we'll just go instead of... Yes, sir. Okay. If the PowerPoint doesn't work... We'll just go to points of power. Amen. Please let the ushers do that, Pastor. Praise God. Well, your pastor make a good missionary. He does it all. Amen. Hallelujah. And we have been traveling for about a year. Amen. Uh, since our last term, raising our partners, raising our project funds. And uh, we're excited about getting back to the field. Amen. But we were, we were stuck. We were, we, we were in Peru in the past, and then we got transferred to not one nation, as I mentioned, to uh, all of Latin America. And... Uh, and we came back to the States to do a bunch of stuff, like deputation. And then uh, then we got to Panama. Whenever you're ready, brother. Are you ready? Okay. Man, we've got to get you in Bible quiz mode, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so we had to go back to Peru to get... To retrieve our our things, and uh, we got there, and all of a sudden on a Sunday night, there was an emergency alert by the government, and said all foreigners have 24 hours to depart the country. All the ports are going to close. Well, you know what happened? The pandemic hit, and uh, so there were no no more no, no more seats in the flights. So we were stuck in the nation of Peru. And, uh, well, Peru hit number one in the world for COVID cases and COVID deaths per capita. 10% of people that got COVID died in the nation of Peru. And, well, we were in the worst province <laughs> of the whole country. And you can imagine what life was like. It was full quarantine, couldn't leave your house except for absolute essentials, and uh, we saw a lot of people die. Our neighbor was an apostolic assembly missionary, 
and we were communicating in the midst of all the crisis and suddenly he got COVID and he died and so that hit really close but by the grace of God we're here tonight we're here today amen and thank you for your prayers for the missionaries Jesus said I want repentance and remission of sins to be preached in his name among all nations someone say all nations Amen. We're, we're in a very significant prophetic hour. In fact, we are in the final hour. We're seeing the gospel preached in all the nations. It's an amazing time. This is, I was looking up into the archives in the 1960s. We were in 35 nations. And tonight or today, we are in 232 nations and territories of the world. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Next slide, please. Okay. We got stuck on that slide. Okay. And we were missionaries in the Caribbean decades ago. And uh, when we returned to California from the Caribbean, I was driving through, driving through the hood of San Diego. You didn't know there's a hood in San Diego. <laughs> and in the barrio right by Chicano Park, and I said, God, you've got to send someone to the barrio. They need a church. And then the voice spoke back and said, well, what about you? <laughs> Hallelujah. So long story, the Lord sent us, the Lord called us, amen, start a church in the inner city of San Diego. And uh, we started our little apartment, one-bedroom apartment, with our two little children, and started, started working for Jesus in the in the hood and uh we outgrew our little apartment got into a little hall that we could afford and it was in an alley because again that was all we could afford long story it was a roller coaster ride the next five years we would grow and then we would lose the building and uh, then we'd lose people and it just was a roller coaster we got to praying god we need our own property we need our own building can anybody say amen out there? I'm so excited you guys got your own property. Praise God. But now there's a big problem. You're going to want to fill this one up and get another one. Hallelujah. That's all right. And so we got a realtor. She pulled up some churches for sale, and she found a church for sale for 100 grand. And I want to tell you, in San Diego, anything for a hundred grand is amazing. <laughs> and so we prayed about it, and uh, well, we went and uh, we got to that property. And man, it looked like something from the country of Italy, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> and we walked in there. There were holes in the in the floor. I mean, it was a mess. It was the hood. <laughs> And uh, so we got out of there, and we happened to just take a little drive, block and a half down the street, Franklin Avenue, and we found a piece of land. <laughs> That's like finding gold at the end of a rainbow. <laughs> and uh, well, we found a, that piece of land. It wasn't for sale. Looked into it. And the people said, we need cash, and we need it right now. And so we got to praying. They said, make an offer. And the Holy Ghost said, you're going to get this property for 50000 Well, that'll be 50000 We're Pentecostals. Pentecostal means 50. <laughs> Amen. And so, so I told the realtor, write it up for 47. She said, you can't offer that. You're going to offend those people. That's too low. It's just way too low. I said, well, that's what we're offering. And so she wrote it up. And uh, she offered it, and we got the counter offer. Well, you know what the counter offer was. It was 50000 Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. The only problem was all we had was $3,000. <laughs> and so, man, we started having taco sales and tamale sales, yard sales, and all kinds of sacrifice. And they gave us 60 days to get the money. And we came up about the 50th day, perfect timing, 50, amen, and we had 30,000. We were lacking 20,000. And for a home missions church, 
in the inner city, that's a lot of money. And so we went to the property. We started walking all over Canaan's land, claiming it in Jesus' name. And this dude walks up. And uh, he's homeless. I mean, he's a mess. So terrible, so sad. And he was intoxicated. And he, he came up to me and he said, Hey, man, can you help me out with something? And I thought, the church has no more money. We have no more money. All I have is a $10 bill in this right pocket. <laughs> and I'm not going to give my last $10 to this guy that's going to blow it on booze. <laughs> and, uh, and then the Holy Ghost spoke and said, You're asking for 20000 and you're not willing to help this guy out with that $10 bill. Lord Jesus. What would you do? Wow. All right, we're going to take it up offering right now. <laughs> and so I said, all right, everybody get up in that van. He got up in the van. We're going down the road. And we, that van started up. Thank you, Jesus. Don't turn the van off. It may not start again. <laughs> Those old church vans. And uh, looking in that rearview mirror, there was that man. I said, God, what are we going to do with this man? What are we going to do with the $10? Get him a haircut. And we got him a haircut. He went one direction. We went out the other. And the next week, thank you, Jesus, the district loaned us the 20000 Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We started those permits, fought with the city of San Diego. Our architect abandoned ship after a year. <laughs> and so we finally got our permits. And uh, we, we got a property analysis, market analysis on it. Guess how much that property was worth? Nearly a half a million dollars. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we got that baby built. And uh, then the Holy Ghost said, now you're going to the mission field. <laughs> I said, Lord, let us let us enjoy a little while. <laughs> and so we started going to the nation of Peru, doing many missions back and forth. And uh, and then the Holy Ghost started really dealing with us about going full sacrifice. And uh, by that time, there had developed a very serious and grave situation in that nation, in the church. In so much, it would be very dangerous for us to return to that nation. Very serious. Beyond serious. And nevertheless, the Lord continued to deal with us about going to that nation. And uh, battle with it for a couple years. And I just, finally one morning on my knees, I got to pray. And, and I said, God, we've been battling with this, you know the situation in this country. But God, if you're calling us to this country, we're willing to go. But you've got to make it 100% clear. Someone say amen. And so I said, Lord, you haven't even spoken to me in a vision or a dream. And suddenly he said, yes, I did. <laughs> and he reminded me of... A, of a prayer meeting. We were in uh, the state of New York, in New York City, for a crusade. And after the crusade, a bunch of us, we got, went to a house to have a prayer meeting. And, uh, and in that prayer meeting, I want to tell you, have an apostolic prayer meeting in a house with a bunch of apostolics is an earth-shaking experience. Try it out. Amen. And so... So in the midst of that prayer meeting, suddenly I saw a vision. And it was of a massive tree. And there were branches on the left and on the right. And above those branches, strangely enough, branches had been cut off right to the trunk. On the left and on the right. And above those branches, there were many other branches that were extended forth. And the tree reached into the clouds. And the Holy Ghost said, this is my, this is my church. This is my church in the nation of Peru. Well, I was moved. I was touched, but I wasn't convinced. 
So I did something I don't ever recommend, <laughs> but I have my wife's bilingual Bible, and I said, Lord, I need you to really speak to me. I'm going to let this Bible fall open at a venture, and where I placed my finger, I need a word from God. <laughs> How many have ever done that? Amen. Be careful about that. <laughs> I always confirm it with the man of God. Someone say amen out there. And so I let it, the Bible fall open, and there was the text. Next, next slide, please. Man, you jumped to the 15th slide, brother. <laughs> what happened? Okay, well, I'll just have to ad lib it. Amen. In the book of Psalms, it reads, that was the text there, was the wicked have extended their branches like a green bay tree, and they shall be cut off. Wow. So I looked at that text, and it jumped out of the page. That's exactly what I saw in the vision. Amen. Those branches had been cut off. The Lord was telling me that the evil infiltration that infiltrated the church, amen, those branches would be cut off. And I, I really focused on the Green Bay tree, looked it up, and uh, it's the only place in all the 31,000 plus verses of the Bible that that tree appears, the Green Bay tree. And I looked over to the other side, and uh, to the Spanish, and it says, El Orel Verde, El Orel Verde. Then I got the crazy idea, I wonder if this tree grows in the nation of Peru. What a strange thought. You know, we're talking about a text written thousands of years ago in the geographical context, many thousands of miles away from the nation of Peru. Well, sorry we couldn't, there it is. Okay, at least it came up partly. Amen. On the right there, that is the coat of arms on the flag of the nation of Peru. And guess what is there in that square? It is El Laurel Verde. It is the Green Bay tree that is on the flag of Peru. Now that really got my attention. <laughs> what in the world is the Green Bay tree doing on the flag of Peru? <laughs> well, it's because there is a there is an oil that they glean from the sap of that tree. And that oil is an antiseptic and an anesthetic. Again, the situation that had developed in the church in that time was very grave and very serious and very filthy and very violent. But there is an oil Hallelujah. That is an antiseptic and an anesthetic. And the name of that oil is Eugene And evidently you didn't get it, but my name is Eugene. <laughs> and the Lord said, I've chosen you to be an antiseptic and an anesthetic to relieve the church of the great pain that they are in. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, we accepted the call. We arrived in Peru. There was no welcome party. There was no one to receive us. In fact, the words that we got were, you're not welcome here. Nevertheless, the Lord sent us. And the great news is, it got most last navigable lake in the world and uh, there are a people that live on that lake on floating islands made out of bulrush they're an ancient people they speak that Quechua language someone say Jesus Pasutimpi well you could be missionaries <laughs> that's good you just said in the nombre de Jesus in the name of Jesus Hallelujah. Well, I've got great news. There's a revival happening on the islands of De Los Uros on Lake Titicaca. Amen. There's a great move of God, and dozens have already been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Amen. And one of another uh, missionary evangelist, Brother Showalter, he got the vision. We need to build a floating church. And the great news is, after many struggles, amen, we now have a floating church on that lake. I won't repeat the name again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Floating church. The only UPC Pentecostal church in all the world that's a floating church. But one of these days when the trumpet sounds, there's going to be a massive floating church going up in the twinkling of an eye. Anybody ready to go? All right. Next slide. Let's see what we come up. Okay. Those are some of the people on Los Uros. When you, a person goes there, you feel like you're going back to Egypt 3,000 years ago. Amen. Look at the boats that they make and they travel on. And uh, when a person goes up into that area in the Andes, you're talking about 12,000 feet above sea level. And, uh, well, you have to drink a certain, a certain type of tea because of the altitude. If you don't drink it, you may die. Very serious. And, uh, well, should I tell them what the tea is? Okay. Pastor said it's okay, parents. You have to drink cocaine tea. Tea de coca. And uh, one of our pastors here in California, if I said his name, you would know him. He said, I ain't drinking none of that cocaine tea. Well, he couldn't get out of his hotel room, couldn't preach, he was so dizzy. And one of the other preachers from the U U.S., he said, give me that stuff. <laughs> and he drank all kinds of that cocaine tea. Got up to preach that night, and after he said, man, I've never had such an anointing in all of my ministry. <laughs> hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Next slide, please. Thank you to the young people for She's for Christ and Move the Mission because driving in a She's for Christ vehicle, we were driving over the Andes Mountains in the north, and you can see the mist there. That's cloud. That's how high we were driving in a She's for Christ vehicle, and that's a wild herd of alpaca. Next slide. Amen. Now this slide is, now you may want to hold your gut while I tell you about this. But this is what they serve the missionaries, amen, when you come to their house. Because, again, at that time, uh, we were the only missionaries for a nation of 34 million people. And for a missionary to come to your house is a great, great uh, privilege and honor. Uh, or if it's someone that's come far away, this is what they serve for very special occasions, very special people. Cost them a good two or three days of wages, and so went into that house, and oh, it was so happy. We sat down, the Holy Ghost said, Get ready, son, because they're going to serve you the kui. I didn't say kukui. Kui. And well, anybody want to know what the kui is? Capital R, capital A, and capital T. Yep. And sure enough, here he came so happy, so Blessed to serve the missionary in Kui. And so we bowed our heads and I thought of the scripture. Whatever they place before you, eat it. <laughs> I wish that wasn't in the Bible. <laughs> and so we bowed our heads to pray. And the Peruvian pastor at my right, he started praying. Oh, Señor, gracias. Gracias por esta comida. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Oh, Señor, que lo multiplica. Oh, Lord, that you would multiply it. I said, Lord, don't do it this time. <laughs> Got done praying. I opened up my eyes, and that rat was looking straight up at me. And got to eating that rat. No, it doesn't taste like chicken. Mm -mm. Nothing like chicken. And uh, about to finish it, and then that little voice of the Lord spoke again, that still small voice. <laughs> Get ready, son, because he's going to ask you if you liked it. <laughs> so here he comes. The cook comes out. Hermano, hermano, le gustó, le gustó, le gustó. 
Brother, 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 did you like it? Did you like it? I said, I saw the Ten Commandments flash cards in my face. <laughs> I said, oh, hermano, todo está bien, hermano, todo está bien. All is well, brother. All is well. I didn't say I liked it. <laughs> All is well. <laughs> and uh, so his response was, oh, que bueno, que bueno, que bueno. Te preparo otro. Good, good, good. I'll make you another one. A real veteran missionary knows what to do in those type of situations. He just says, Oh, hermano, estoy en ayuno ahora. Brother, I'm fasting today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody want to be a missionary? <laughs> Next slide, please. Hallelujah. This last term, amen, we had the vision of printing 100,000 Bible studies, training thousands of young people to teach them. I believe the young people are the chosen ones of the final hour because the glory of the youth is their strength. That's why in the prophecy of Acts 2.17, they're on the front lines. Notice Peter says, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. So when say, saith God, dice Dios. That TH there on the verb say means in the Greek, it's in the present tense, which means continual action. Hallelujah. God is saying, God didn't say, he is saying, he continues to say it. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. In the last days upon sons and daughters and young people. It's out of protocol. That's out of cultural protocol. They always start with the elders when they start listing off the population or the community. But I believe it's because they, you, us, young people, hallelujah, are chosen for the final stage. We're in the final minutes. Someone say final minutes. Jesus is coming soon. Well, we were in Louisiana our schedule got canceled because of a situation in a certain state, a neighboring state. And uh, so we just holed up at the camp meeting, campground in Louisiana. Lo and behold, there was a Spanish youth camp, small Spanish youth camp going on. Popped in there and said, hey, Brother Dominguez, come on up here. And I said, we're, we're going to print 100,000 Bible studies. I want to tell you, those kids, those immigrant kids, they started pouring into the altar with, with tears and started emptying their pockets. And I got great news. They raised the funds to print 100,000 Bible studies. Someone say thank you, Jesus. It's amazing, amazing. Next slide, please. And there some of the young people with some of the Bible studies getting the packets ready for young people at the National Youth Convention in Peru. Next slide, please. Amen. More of the Peruvian youth. Thank you, Jesus. I even got greater news. We ran out of the 100,000 Bible studies, so we had to print another 100,000. That's 200. Then we ran out of those 100. We had to print another 100,000. That's 300. And then we ran out of those. We had to print another 100,000. And another 100,000. We are now up to 500,000 five-minute Bible studies. Someone say, praise the Lord. Amen. So, amen, we have been raising the funds to print a million of those Bible studies. And we're getting close to fulfilling, amen, we're raising $23,000 to print a million Bible studies. Would you raise your hands with us right now? There's a million people that are going to receive a million Bible studies should the Lord tarry. Lord Jesus, we're praying. You move on the hearts and the minds and the pocketbooks of those that are present, Lord. You know what we need, God. We're praying for those million souls. I can hardly hear the church praying. Lord Jesus, we're praying for those million Bible studies in the four or five, six, seven people per household. Oh, Lord, we're talking about like six, seven million people are going to be reached through these Bible studies, we're praying, God, you'd help us to raise those funds to print and circulate those Bible studies. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe we are in the final hour. I know we're in the final hour because of the prophecies. And that's why we've got to really turn it up. We've got to turn up evangelism, full throttle evangelism, evangelism, evangelism. Next slide, please. Guess what that is? Any young people know what that mascot is from? Tell him. Give him some hot sauce, brother. Bible cuisine. The Lord has helped us to, to pioneer Bible cuisine in Latin America. Our first year, we had over 50 teams. Now we're in our second year, and we're not even on site. We have now hit 100 teams. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Just getting moving. And... Uh, and we're going to have the America's Cup. <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready to have the America's Cup. Pray for Peru. There's been a coup in Peru. There's been protests. So that they haven't been able to have their, their national tournament, but they've rescheduled it. It's going to happen in a couple weeks. And then we're going to have the Copa de las Americas. What would happen if the Lord willing later this year... When our season starts in Latin America, what would happen if some young people in Placerville decided they were going to memorize, let's say, 120 verses in Spanish, and they were to come down to Latin America, amen, to compete in the America's Cup? Man, that would be awesome. Oh, man, they'd be afraid of you guys. <laughs> amen. But I've got a little secret. Amen. It's probably going to hit headquarters. Probably going to hit the WPF. Guess what's going to happen? We are turbocharging Bible cuisine. I was a Bible cuisine, just to let you know. <laughs> Amen. We're going to turbocharge it. When I was in Bible cuisine, almost 100% competition. But what would happen if we trained the young people how to use that sword to reach the lost? So we're incorporating into Bible cuisine, hallelujah, evangelism at the tournaments. So when they go back home, they're going to shake their school. They're going to shake their, their high school, shake their town. In Jesus' name, anybody believe in Bible cuisine? It's a revolution. It's a revolution. Can you imagine you've got a thousand Bible quizzers, and they're all equipped and trained their experience because of Bible cuisine? I'm talking about a revolution. Someone say revolution. Next slide, please. Uh-oh. I'm sorry for that picture, Pastor. This is the Amazon jungle. Amen. The Amazon, we have a lot of dangerous creatures. Amen. One of them is the anaconda. The anaconda. And yes, they eat people. And I thank God for our pioneer missionaries, Paul Moulton, his family, Ronald Cole, Marvin Johnson, and so many others that got to the Amazon in Peru where no one had went before. And, but thank the Lord. Amen. They sacrificed their lives. And now we have churches up and down the rivers of the Amazon jungle. Hallelujah. Next slide. Amen. That is a freshwater electric eel. Very powerful creature. It can kill a person. Next slide. Amen. Oh, man. Well, sorry, you can see the teeth. You know what that is? That's a piranha. Don't ever go into the water to baptize someone if you've got an open cut. Because <laughs> they're like sharks. They're attracted to blood. Next slide. Amen. Sorry, you can't see the hole. Well, that is a yellow-bearded viper. A very venomous snake. Next slide. I mean, you can't see the brother, but that's one of our dear pastors who was in deep in the jungle. He got bit by one of those vipers, and he got into a clinic. That's about the best you can get in all the Amazon. Amen. In Iquitos. Amen. But through prayer, he survived. Amen. So there are a lot of dangerous things in the Amazon jungle, but I would say probably the most dangerous thing of all the creatures. Well, I failed to tell you, we also have vampire bats. And it's not a legend. They literally 
fly in pe through into people's homes and suck their blood. And they carry rabies. Very, very, very much a reality. We also have vampire uh, moths, so many things. But the most dangerous thing in the Amazon are the mosquitoes. Person that goes in the Amazon, you better have your vaccinations, typhoid fever, yellow fever, hepatitis, and all the malaria stuff. Amen. Because in the Amazon, the mosquitoes sing. They sing day and night. They sing nothing but the blood. <laughs> and you pray for the missionaries because I don't know why, but they like, they're attracted to American blood. In one nation, my wife got bit over 200 times. Just terrible. And uh, one time our daughter, we came out of the Amazon and uh, she got bit up. And if you, every year a person is in the Amazon, they come out. And within days, if all of a sudden you get hit with a fever, you probably got one of the diseases. Well, that's what happened to our daughter, Rachel. But thank you, Jesus. He answered prayer. Amen. He turned the tide. Amen. And uh, saved our daughter. Next slide, please. Amen. Next slide. Next slide. Ecuador's in revival. Great things are happening. Amen. Panama's in revival. That man right there been seeking the Holy Ghost for 25 years. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Talking about the man on the left. Amen. Next slide. Amen. Amen. This is uh, one of the churches in Panama. Amen. Thanks to the Western District that helped us to build this this building. Amen. The church is growing in Panama. Next slide. Amen. Now we're getting ready to build a Bible school. If the Lord tarries, we're going to build that Bible school. We're still needing some more funds. I think it was like... 13,000? 12,000. Huh? No, you're off. Okay. We still need a lot of money to finish this Bible school. Okay. The Lord moves on your heart. Amen. We'll put that into the fund. Next slide. Now this slide, I, I greatly apologize. If you could stand with us this morning. It's um, very sad that you're not able to see this. But one of our dear pastors in the nation of Peru, he felt a call from God to go to the La Sierra Central, which is in the central mountain region, not the Andes, but the mountain region of the south, toward the south, Brother Victor Arias, an area called Ayacucho which was the center of operations for the terrorist rebels called the Shining Path. And you hear the news about tragedy and crisis and war. I want you to remember something. There's the church right there. Right now in the Ukraine, the church is right there. Right in the midst of it all. This earthquake that just hit, of course, we have Pentecostals in Turkey. Hopefully they weren't in that zone. But Brother Victor Arias, he took the gospel to Ayacucho, despite the extreme danger. And the terrorists terrorized the church and threatened him. And one day they burst into his house. And they grabbed him in front of his wife and children. And they took him away. And... One day passed, they could not find him. Two days passed, three days, four days. Finally, the fifth day, they found him on the side of the river. They stoned him to death, slit his throat ear to ear. Brother, Brother Victor gave his life for the gospel. Gave his life. 
His wife and children had to evacuate, and uh, they got to the capital city. And shortly thereafter, we had, the church had the National Minister's Assembly. In the last night, suddenly one of the ministers stood up. He was trembling. He was weeping. The brethren were trying to figure out what was going on. Finally, he got the words out. Dios me está llamando a Ayacucho. God is calling me to Ayacucho. He wept and he wept. The brethren surrounded him and they begged of him. They wept and begged with him for him not to go to Ayacucho. Don't you remember Brother Victor gave his life at Ayacucho? But Brother Carros, Arnulfo Carros and his wife Angelica, they got a call to go to the most dangerous spot. And we have went up that mountainous pass, very, very difficult, very narrow, very dangerous. But you see, when a man is called of God, when he's sent by God, doesn't, nothing can stop that call. Nothing can stop it. A man that has that call has authority from God. And he picked up that baton of the martyr, Victor Arias. Jesus' name, United Pentecostal Church Martyr. And he began to preach the gospel again. And today, hallelujah, because of the blood of the martyr and because of a man and his wife that were willing to go, we have churches up and down the valleys and the mountainsides of La Sierra Central. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Would you lift up your hands unto the Lord and pray for our national ministers in the many nations of Latin America? Go ahead. This is an apostolic church. Feel free to lift up your voice and cry out to God. Oh, precious God, our dear brothers and sisters, Lord, that are in very dangerous zones, very, very dangerous, politically dangerous, war dangerous, all kinds of dangers of seas and rivers and animals and creatures. But Lord, you said to take it unto the uttermost part of the earth. Oh, precious God, pray that you would cover them, you protect them, encourage them, Lord, and pour out the Holy Ghost, Lord, when they preach. Let there be signs and wonders and miracles and operations of the gifts of the Holy Ghost in the precious name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now at this moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Amen. I ask you to come forward to this altar. Just pour into the altar. And I have some more words for you that the Lord has put on my heart. Amen. I would love to preach this message for about 40 minutes. But I want you to come forward. Get as close as you can to, the, to this area right here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. In the early church, they shook the known world. They shook the Roman Empire. And they had a secret. A secret to their evangelism. A secret to their prayer life. Secret to their holy living. Secret to everything they did. Come a little bit closer. Amen. Hallelujah. In the mission field, they'll fight to get to the pulpit. They will literally fight to get to the preacher. They will grab your hand and place your hand on their head with such hunger and faith in God. Hallelujah. But that early church, they were consumed by what I call the Maranatha factor. Someone say it. The Maranatha factor. Amen. Paul wrote that word in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. Anathema is a Greek word transliterated. Anathema, and it means accursed. And the next word, the following word is Maranatha, which is very strange because Paul was writing to a Greek-speaking church, and this is an Aramaic word. So the question is, why would Paul write an Aramaic word to a Greek-speaking church? 
Well, this is the reason. Just like the word hallelujah, this word Maranatha became an international word in the early church. This word was taken from the Jerusalem church. It spread to the north to Antioch, Syria, from where Paul, Barnabas, and other missionaries were sent out to the Roman Empire. And they evidently took that word with them. And as a result, it became, like I said, an international word, Maranatha. And notice Paul wrote it at the end of the book. And that indicates the custom that they had and when they would speak that word. At the end of a service like this, at the end of a personal encounter with a fellow brother or sister, they would say, Maranatha. Well, Maranatha, I was reading Andrew Urshan's uh, autobiography. He spoke the Aramaic language and he confirmed the meaning. In Aramaic, it is pronounced Maranatha, Maranatha, which means the Lord cometh. This is what Bible scholars call the doctrine of eminence. And you find the doctrine of eminence throughout the New Testament. For example, amen, Revelation 1 and 3, the Lord is at hand. Philippians 4 and 5, the time is at hand. 1 Peter 4 and 7, told you I was a Bible quizzer. <laughs> amen. 1 Peter 4 and 7, the end of all the ages has come. Amen. In the book of James chapter 5 and verse number 8, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It's all over the New Testament. Amen. This is the last time. 1 John chapter 2. Don't remember the verse. <laughs> Amen. Nevertheless, we see it over and over again. And that was the secret to the evangelistic ethic, the holiness ethic of the early church. They believed that His coming was imminent. Someone say amen. But there's a big difference between the early church and the final hour church. You see, the first church, the early church, they lived that way because Jesus taught them to do it that way. But the difference is, we should follow that same example because that's what Jesus and the apostles taught. But the difference is, we are observing the final hour signs. Hebrews 10 and 25. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the final hour church will be able to observe, amen, certain signs, certain signposts, amen, that are screaming to us, the day is approaching. Hallelujah. Did you know that the atomic scientists put together a clock in 19, it was in 1948, after the first atomic bombs were exploded amen, in Japan. And they decided to put this clock so that they could sign to the whole world when there were geopolitical situations that were bringing the whole earth into grave danger. And so they have used that clock to communicate to the world leaders when the world is on the verge of nuclear exchange. Well, they have moved that clock some 25 times, sometimes forward, sometimes in reverse. Well, they just moved it again. And they moved it to the point, the closest that has ever been since they invented this clock. It's called the doomsday clock. And it has the midnight. It has the midnight on it. And now that clock has been moved to 90 seconds before midnight. One minute and a half. And I thought about it, Pastor. If the atomic scientists know what time it is. And I looked it up. Why do they use midnight? And they, they in their own website, they says because of the apocalypse. The Greek word for the book of Revelation. Jesus used that terminology in the book of Matthew 25 to describe the apocalyptic hour. If they know what time it is, how much more should the apostolics know what time it is? Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. 
If you're not right with God, God has given you an opportunity to get right. Are you listening? Are you listening? Jesus is about to take the church home. Church is getting ready to go home. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? God wants you to be ready. You can get ready right now. You can get ready right now. Amen. Jesus is about to take the church home. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the church will disappear into the third heaven. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. The Lord cometh. Maranatha. Maranatha. When you go home today, amen, remember the word Maranatha. When you lay down tonight, the Lord gives us a little bit more time. May the words reverberate in your spirit. Maranatha hour. Maranatha hour. Oh God, look at the Gog Magog war of Ezekiel 37 through 39. It's lining up. The coalition is lining up. I don't have time to explain it to you. Amen. But that war is lining up with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So many things are happening on the prophetic scene. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to be ready for your coming. If you come tonight or if you won't come for years, Lord, I want to be ready. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stretch your hands out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Jesus, I turn my life over to you, God. I turn my back on sin. Lord Jesus, I pray in God that, Lord, I would have that salvation that you have provided through your death. You died for my sins. You took the penalty of my sins. Oh, Jesus, through your burial and your resurrection on the third day, you conquered death, you conquered hell, you conquered sin, you conquered sickness. Lord Jesus, and you purchase eternal life. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to your life, Lord Jesus. Help us pray, help us pray, help us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you ready? Would you like to be totally ready? Amen. Step forward, young lady. Step forward. Amen. Who else here? Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? You. Yeah. Would you like to get ready? Come forward. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus or you've not received the Holy Ghost, amen, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you so you get ready. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads right now. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. Let's bow our heads, please. If you're not ready for the coming of the Lord, but you want to get ready, hallelujah. I want you to lift up a hand and say, Lord, I want to get ready. All right. Hands are going up. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I've got to be ready. I've got to be prepared. All right. Let's everyone lift up our hands. And I'm sorry to the young lady putting you on the spot like that. Don't be discouraged. You can pray back there. All right. Just pray for her back there. Amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord if you will. And begin to call that name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you. Yes, yes, yes. Talk to him in your own words. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not a time to backslide. It's time to reaffirm your commitment and your vows unto the Lord. Oh, precious God. Hallelujah. Yes, open up your mouth and begin to cry that name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Lord. I've got to be ready. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I want you to get in teams of two. I want you to get in teams of two, man with man, woman with woman. Of course, if you're family, that's fine. But I want you to find someone with whom you can pray. Find someone. Hallelujah. All right. I need a sister right here to pray for this, with this dear sister right here. Thank you, Jesus. All right. 
All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Book of Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, Without the Spirit of Christ, we're none of His. We want to be full of the Spirit of Christ. We want to be full of the Holy Ghost. So stretch out your hands to Jesus and ask Him, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking for a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Like it says in the Bible, they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues. Lord Jesus, I'm asking for that overflow of the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jesus indicated that the church would be asleep in the final hour at midnight. But there would be a, a final call that would be made. Wake up because the bridegroom is coming. The voice is the voice of the bridegroom. In the heralds of the bridegroom. Hallelujah. The voice of the Spirit is saying, Maranatha, Maranatha. It's time to turn up evangelism. Time to turn up prayer. Time to turn up every department of the church. Hallelujah. Can't you see the signs? The signs serve the sign to us. What time it is. Oh, precious God. Precious God. Jesus, Jesus. There are three super signs. Three super signs that are screaming Maranatha. Number one, Ezekiel 37. When the twelve tribes of Israel returned to the land of Israel. Amen. The prophet said these are the latter times. It happened. Israel became a nation in this generation. They waited for hundreds and hundreds of years. It has happened. It's in the rearview mirror. It is reality. Second super sign, Luke 21, 28. Jesus said, Jerusalem will be under Gentile control until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So again, basically, when you see Jerusalem coming out from under Gentile control, in coming under Jewish control, you need to know what time it is. And finally, a U.S. president had enough backbone to declare that Jerusalem is the capital city of the nation of Israel. And that's reality. The reason why it hasn't come to close because there's still a section that's under Gentile control, and that's the Temple Mount. And they're raging for control of that Temple Mount. Right now. They're raging for it. It's like the center of the earth. Right there. That little piece. But thank God. It's still under Gentile control. That is because that, that means. That the church is still here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the third super sign. He said I will pour out my spirit upon all people. In the last days. They have estimated in the last 121 years, 300 million people have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the greatest of all the super signs. So we're going to pray one more time. I know there's a potluck, but let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, I want to live full and flowing with the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the church to be full and flowing with the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. Lay hands on somebody right there. Begin to pray for them to be filled and overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Right now in the precious, blessed name of the Savior. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Maranatha, Maranatha, consume us with the Maranatha factor in the precious name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not baptized in the name of Jesus, I beg of you, I beseech you, speak with the pastor and say, Pastor, I want to be baptized right. They baptized me in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but I know that the power is in the name of Jesus. 
and the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus. I need to get baptized right. Because Jesus said, except the man be born of water and the spirit, he can't enter. So you've got to be born of water and spirit. Someone say, Amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope we have left you with some words that you can take home with you. But again, I beseech you, if you're not baptized in that name, this is your opportunity. If you're not filled with that powerful Holy Ghost, this is your opportunity. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We do have some, a table back there. Amen. We'd like you to visit our table. And uh, I don't know if there's a young man or two that could grab a few examples.